20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Saturday crew is together. Even a vacation cannot keep us apart. I am Jason Perrone. (laughs) Of Game On Wisconsin, Pack-A-Day Podcast, Pulse of the Pack, and the Quick Slants Podcast, along with the vacationing Mark Echo of Packer <laughs> Report, and Paul Brettel, who is enjoying some balmy weather finally in Wisconsin. Mark, you're on vacation. Do you want to disclose your location, or is sure. this... Okay. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm not. It's witness. It's not like witness pr- protection or anything. <laughs> um, I'm down. I'm, I'm a couple hours away. I'm, I'm down in Charleston for the weekend. Um, just wanted to get away. My wife and I wanted to just get away for a weekend and had a, had a couple hours south. Uh, beautiful day here in Charleston. Um, looking forward to going out and seeing some historical sites this afternoon and having some great food to eat later on. In other words, Paul, we got to talk fast. All right. So <laughs> Mark is on vacation, but he's with us. That is awesome. And Paul Brettel in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin. The heat wave has arrived. Uh-oh. Boys, we are living the good life right now. <laughs> it is mid-20s today, 30s on Sunday and Monday, Oof. and we are going to touch 40, supposedly, on Tuesday. Oh, stop. Just stop. <laughs> All right. Wow. High, high, of 75, high of 75 in Phoenix today, I'm thinking of everybody. So, guys, I don't know. I don't know, man. This is, for some reason, the Green Bay Packers must know we record uh, late Friday, early Saturday. Once again, news hits on Friday, the Packers made two cuts. They cut offensive tackle Rick Wagner and linebacker Christian Kirksey. Obviously, some cap-saving moves. Let's start with Rick Wagner, because this is the one that was the most surprising to me, just simply based on what else the Packers have at tackle. Billy Turner filled in at right tackle when Rick Wagner was not playing tackle and David Bakhtiari was healthy. I think the Packers feel like Billy Turner is their right tackle. I can't imagine they go into this offseason assuming that they're going to land whichever free agent they're going after or that they're going to draft their tackle of the future. So, Mark, when you saw the Rick Wagner, well, we kind of texted a little bit about it. I think it was a little surprising to you. Not really. To be honest, um, he was one of the guys that I had, hey, listen, when you're $20 million over the cap or whatever they were, well, 28 when it all started, then, then they re- redid back the RE and saved eight. When you're that much over, you got to do something. Um you know, I, I think in a, if if this wasn't the case, if they were, you know, at the cap or under the cap, Wagner might still have a job. But um, he did it. He did it. Listen, when they signed Wagner a year ago, I was not excited. I thought it was not just a okay big deal they signed Rick Wagner. He played better, and I think Paul wrote a story about this. Um, yeah, you know, he he exceeded most of our expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but then come NFC Championship game, he looked like the Rick Wagner that I thought they signed. Um, so, I mean, listen, he had a nice year for him. He, he, you have to get better at tackle going forward. Yes, they are going to draft a tackle somewhere early, I would think, if not the first round, the second round. And there, and this is a very good year for, for, for tackles, very deep class of tackles in the draft. So I think they'll get a good tackle. It also tells me a couple other things. One is maybe David Bakhtiari is recovering – better than we think or i mean i'm sure they know a lot more about his oh, rehab man i hope so that'd be than, great uh, news. we do right yeah um that's one part number two there's three three things that i circled one is hopefully back to ari's health is you know and again they would know that much more than than we would uh the other is 
uh, Elton Jenkins could be the tackle. I yeah, mean, mm-hmm. he could be anything. Let's be honest. The guys, the guys, Sean. I mean, I always say that Aaron Rodgers was the MVP of the league last year, but Elton Jenkins may have been the MVP of the Packers. <laughs> when you think about what he did for that team last year, playing for the five mm-hmm. offensive line line positions and playing them all very well, it's not like he, you know, well he moved out to tackle and he struggled. No, he went out to tackle and played like a star. He played. I mean, everywhere he played, he played well. So. Mm-hmm. That's in the back of their mind, maybe. And then the other one, the other thing that I, that comes to mind to me is, and I never say his name right, but the big tackle from Virginia Tech, Nima Nijma, how do you say his last Josh name? Josh Nijma. Nijma, yeah. Maybe they're, I mean, this. listen, it's it's either time for him to play or get cut because you don't keep a guy around for three years and never play him, right? I mean, maybe they, they see that maybe he can be at least a, you know, a guy that can get him through till back the is healthy. So that they were they were my three impressions as to why Rick Wagner was was like and also to save save four million dollars of cap space, obviously. Yeah, so I guess that's the thing is the Packers just don't seem to go into any move or any new season without a plan. So Paul, did you see it this, a similar way that Mark did, or was it surprising with the Wagner cut? Um, I wouldn't say surprising. I think this is a move that was on the radar of just about everyone out there. But I did see a path to him being on the roster this upcoming season as well, just because of the the real lack of depth that they have now, or unknown depth, as I should say. I mean, Mark just went through. Elton Jenkins could play, you know, one of the tackle positions. Billy Turner takes over the other till uh, Bakhtiari comes back. But then along the interior, you're going to have to start probably Simon Stepaniak at one of the guard positions. Um, and, you know, maybe he turns out just fine, but he spent his rookie year, a lot of it recovering from injury. It's just one of those things where we don't know. And if they go into the, into the season with that as their five, there's no margin for error for another injury, either at tackle or along the interior. And we don't know what we have in Yosh at this point. I think what Mark was alluding to and hit on was, the Packers obviously know way more about this than any of us do. That's that's clear. That's obvious. And they they are likely a lot more confident in some of these players than what you know maybe I am or you guys are at this point as well. But having said that, tackle was always going to be a need this offseason that's on the to-do list. But now it's, it's a must in terms of having to address it. I mean, they could try to find a cheaper option in free agency. But again, that's, that's kind of just a Band-Aid because they need the right tackle of the future because Billy Turner's in his last year in 2022. The Packers can get out of it next offseason if they wanted to. And right now, that right tackle of the future doesn't appear to be on the roster at this point. So going into the draft, it's one that I think that they have to address early on. And it's a position with 10 draft picks that, honestly, I'm expecting them to take at least two because as far as tackles on the roster, it's Bakhtiari, Billy Turner and Yosh Nijman as far as like true tackles. They just do not have a lot of depth there right now. And this becomes, you know, if cornerbacks position one, a, this is one B and uh, needs to address this off season. Yeah. And you mentioned it last week, Paul, with, when it comes to the draft, you don't ever want to get into a situation where you have to draft a position. You want to be able to be versatile. You never know what's going to happen at your spot. This draft is, is going to be an interesting one. So it'll, that's going to be an area to, to watch and see, where the Packers get busy. I don't know if anybody saw them bringing in Billy Turner a couple of years ago. We knew they needed help on defense, so the two linebackers weren't that surprising. Amos was a, you know, a fortified safety because Darnell Savage unproven. He was a rookie. But 
maybe maybe Goot and the Packers have their eye on a tackle in free agency, and there's going to be more roster jockeying that's going to that's going to go on between now and the beginning of the season. So the, the Packers are certainly going to have options, but again, for me, I guess the thing that was surprising was. I don't necessarily know that the the plan is very clear, but Mark, the options you laid out made a lot of sense as far as that goes. I'm I mean, but but and the other thing that I was going to say is Aaron Rodgers. To your point, Paul, Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any younger. You you got to protect the quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's I mean, the we we saw it firsthand that you know we could. I think a lot of us would agree that if Bakhtiari plays in the NFC Championship, the Packers might win that game. So, and we saw it in Tampa Bay and the against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs' offensive line was, you know, they were they were a mess. The Bucks took advantage, and even the, as great of a quarterback as Patrick Mahomes is, he didn't have much of a chance. I I mean I'm I'm going to go back to the Elton Jenkins thing. The, again, we don't know what they're thinking. But I saw Jenkins play the tackle, and he looked pretty good at it. Um, you can find guards, and they found and they took two last year for a reason. I think I know. I always go go back to this. I thought for sure they were taking a tackle in last year's draft. Same. I would have bet. I, I would have bet and lost money that they. And I thought I thought, actually thought they were taking one high, like first round, second round, third round. And they didn't. And then I thought, all right, well, they're, they're, they're definitely going to take one with one of these six-round picks or fifth. No, they didn't. They kept taking – but they did take three interior players. So maybe they – I mean, I don't – like, again, we don't know their thought process. Um, but maybe they're they're thinking they have their right tackle of the future and his name's Elton Jenkins. Maybe – or, you know, that he's going to be – he's the guy and, and will find guards. I mean, Runyon looked like he could be a starter at guard. They have another kid too who we, who we haven't mentioned. Who, and this is, they added a year to his contract quietly, silently, whatever you want to call it. That Ben Braden, um, mm-hmm. who they picked up during the year, they added a year to his deal. So he's under contract. He was supposed to be a one-year deal. They had, so he's on the team this year. Again, I don't think I don't think he's a, I don't think they want him to start, but I think he's a, in their minds, a quality backup at, at guard for them. So, I'm I'm listen. They, I would they, again. I would. I'm willing to bet. I might lose money again, but that they will definitely take a tackle. And Paul said maybe even two, but they will definitely. Like I couldn't agree with Paul more about cornerback. They need a corner. I think I still think cornerback is the main need. Um, but but tackle is yeah. If if their first two picks are a cornerback and a tackle or a tackle, not either way. I think it's they're, they're off to a good start. If they don't, I'm going to be like sweating again, saying, "Oh my God, what are they doing?" And they'll probably be right again somehow. They'll figure it out. But um, yeah, they. I mean, and this is a very good tackle draft. I mean, there's guys that. I mean, I've, I've been talking to some people about it, and it's funny. Like certain guys like certain people better than others. So they're going to like. There'll be some, if there'll be good players, good tackles falling into the second round. That the Packers not maybe not down to wherever they're what sixty-one they would be picking I guess is that right sixty-two whatever you want to get yeah yep. I don't know if they'll fall that far but they might fall into the range where the Packers can move up you know use a, one of their extra picks that they're that they're going to get and 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 move up if they take a corner in the first round and then move up and get a a quality tackle there's a lot there there's some good tackles and I mean obviously everyone's talking about the gift Oregon Sewell. He won't be there. Kid from Northwestern, Slater. He he won't be there. But you got a bunch of other ones. Kid from Alabama, Leatherwood, uh, 
the kid from Notre Dame, um, Eisenreich or Eisen, whatever it is, he's pretty good. Um, the kid from Michigan, Mayfield, um, Oklahoma State, uh, oh, yeah, Jenkins. Um, yep. yep, there's a bunch. Um, so yeah, they they picked a good year to to need it. Who, I mean, and I think all these guys can come in. And let's be honest, they only have the the, the rookie. If a rookie has to start opening day. Which has been done before. David Bakhtiari is a fourth round pick started opening day. Um, if if they, but he only has to start until Bakhtiari's ready. Once Bakhtiari, if the if the if the rookie has to start, as soon as Bakhtiari is healthy, he goes back to left tackle. Turner flips over to right, and the and the rookie can just be a be a backup again. So there's pressure on a rookie, but not a ton of pressure on a rookie. If that's the way they go. One other name I wanted to mention in all of this, especially with Jenkins moving out to one of the tackle positions potentially for insurance along the interior, Lane Taylor. He spent the last two mm. se- majority of the last two seasons on IR. I can't imagine mm. that his market value is going to be no. very high. <laughs> but also, he was a week one starter last year, showing yep. that he can still play. So, you know, maybe there's a, a one year. You know, I'm not going to guess dollars. You know, million. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, I, well, they could do that thing that um, I don't know what it's called, but it's that new rule where you could bring a veteran in, you could pay him. I believe it's like almost two million, like one point eight million or whatever it is. But you designate him with this, and I forget the the, the uh, term because I don't do this every day now. But there's a you 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 designate him as this the the veteran. It's like a, like the NBA has that their their little thing with the veteran minimum. Well, it's the same kind of deal where you could pay him like 1.8 million in in real money, but he only counts for like 600 thousand against your salary cap. Oh, so I didn't like, know that. Yeah, there's one guy you can do that. I think only with one guy. So Taylor would be an ideal guy to to do that with. Give him a little, you know, give him the money he was probably going to make last year or what he didn't make. So he's not taking a massive pay cut, but you're getting him on the cap. Because let's be honest, I mean, you're talking about shopping around for some. Packers aren't going to shop. They have, mm-hmm. they're, they're, I mean, they're still over the cap. There's not money to be spent. Another option, and this is this might sound crazy, they could bring Rick Wagner. If, if no one else wants Rick Wagner, and right. I mean, somebody yep. might, they can get him. I mean, they could get him on a one-year $2 million. Listen, there's going to be a lot of veteran players they're this, gonna get squeezed. Year, that are looking that are going to be looking for jobs because mm-hmm. because of the cap. I mean, every you know we just talked about the Packers, but other than like Jacksonville and the Jets, like the, the really bad teams. I hate to say it that way, but bad teams have cap money, which is probably why they were bad. Um, a lot of teams are are even in worse shape than the Packers in terms of salary cap. So like, there's just not going to be a lot of money to be spent on veterans. That are Rick Wagner type players. Rick yeah, you're going to see a lot of one year, maybe a lot of one two year rentals yeah. coming and up uh, this year, or, or not even rentals. Maybe like yeah, rentals with prove it deals. I call it mm-hmm. a guy like Wagner might sign a one year deal with with someone for two million, and then you know if he has a good year, now the cap goes back up in 2022, and they say okay, Rick, we'll you know we'll give you another three year deal or something. Or if he didn't play well, you 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 let him go, and that, and that's that. But um, nobody. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Rick Wagner came back on a on a on a much afford, aff- affordable kind of deal. And if the Packers are able to get Taylor back, as you said, in that capacity, right. Mark, all of a sudden you're looking in Bakhtiari's absence. You know, your tackles are uh, Turner and Jenkins at guard. You got 
Taylor, you know, they're still Runyon. a little unknown with his injury, but Taylor and Runyon and then Patrick at center, it's like, okay, that's an Not offensive bad. line that you can rely on for right. a month, few weeks, whatever it ends up being. And step um Stepaniak is is, mm-hmm. is your, and 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 I kind of like him. I mean, he was a guy that was pretty highly thought of at Indiana until he got hurt. He would have gone I think he would have gone higher than the 6th round. I think he would I people thought like a 4th round maybe if he hadn't gotten hurt. And apparently he's healthy because he did practice at the end of the year. So they do have some good young, or hopefully good, but they, they have some they have some young interior line prospects. Um, yeah, like I said that, that they they like Braden too, or they wouldn't have given him given him the extra year, right? And the Packers must know something, like you said, that we don't. So just in having this conversation, I feel a lot better than I did 15 minutes ago when we first started talking about <laughs> this whole thing. We've kind of we've kind of calmed each I other do down, too. and and uh, I like some. And actually, on the at Mayfield out of Michigan, I don't scout players. I'm not a draft guy at all. I'm not. That's not my wheelhouse at all. But I did. Dan Shonko talked about Mayfield, and he he talked about how well he performed against Chase Young in Ohio State when Chase Young was in his last year yeah. in college. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to translate into a great pro, but if you look at how well he no. plays against players that are playing in the league right now, that could be that could be a name. So I think the Packers will he's go after him. Well, and the other thing, too, and you guys, we've talked about it before, when, when Gutekunst goes after a position in the draft, he typically, like you said, he t- takes multiple players at it. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see multiple corners, multiple tackles. Who knows what what he's going to go after. But one thing I think that the Packers, we're talking about them feeling good about the offensive line, and we have to trust they have a plan. The other cut was linebacker Christian Kirksey. And the Packers must feel, and, and should, feel very good about Chris Barnes and the way Chris Barnes played. The only issue I have with Barnes is his durability. Otherwise, I loved what I saw from him on the field. They probably feel pretty good about Kamal Martin and his opportunity to grow from year one to year two. So even though they'd move Kirksey outside to that um, that Will linebacker, or the I guess the the Will. outside yeah. middle guy, yeah, not the green dot, they still felt like they needed to save some cap space and they've got enough on the roster that they don't need to shell out the kind of money that that they paid to Kirksey. And at one point, Kirksey was on the bench, too, So during this past season. And that's just not – you don't pay that kind of money for somebody to sit uh, for a while. So that one was not as surprising. But, Mark, I guess I should ask. Maybe it was. I don't know what your take was on Kirksey. Oh, God, no. I mean, listen, he – like everything you just said, you saved $6 million there with him. So, yeah. Again, and if, if they were a team that was twenty million under or thirty million million under, yeah, maybe you give them another year and see what happens and keep keep everybody. But when you're over the cap, there's things that have to be done, and you can only restructure so many guys. You can only extend so many guys to save money. Some guys are going to have to get cut, and this was he was number one on my list because of the, of his cap hit of six million, because of the play of Chris Barnes, because of the um, prospect of of Kamal Martin. Um, and I mean, there, I think what was it the was it the Rams game or the Bucks game or one of the game? Kirksey only played thirteen snaps. Mm-hmm. You can't pay a guy the kind of money. You know, you can't have a guy carrying a six million dollar cap charge if he's only going to be on the field for thirteen plays. You know, I mean, it just can't be done. Not not in a salary cap world. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and I think you know it's funny. The two guys that they cut, or the first two two guys they they cut were. Two guys they signed last year, but the way they did those deals, it was almost like both of them were one-year rentals mm-hmm. to just get them through the last year. And they both got them in, and they did what they were asked to do. They Kirksey played enough snaps early, um, 
you know, let's be honest. I think the Packers got lucky with with Barnes. I mean, it, give them credit for finding Barnes. But if they knew he was going to be that good, they probably would have spent a draft pick on him instead of waiting to get him as an undrafted player. Mm-hmm. Right. So they got a little fortunate there. Uh, Martin, I know they like Martin. Um, you know, he he battled some early injuries that kind of. And again, all these rookies, you got to give like Barnes. Barnes, in my mind, deserves so much credit for the way he played because he was a rookie, an undrafted rookie, but even still a rookie. Rookies last year were really at a disadvantage because of the. The lack of a what, what I say is a real training camp because they were it was a limited in, in every way because of COVID, and then no preseason, no preseason games whatsoever. Preseason games are for the Chris Barnes of the world, they're not for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They're for Jordan Love and, and and Chris Barnes and Martin and all your young. That's what preseason games are for for those guys to get NFL game experience, and they mm-hmm. they got none of that last year. So I'm I'm so impressed with Barnes that he was able to play as well as he did. Take the green dot, as as you said, Jason, and do all of that as a rookie with a limited training camp and no preseason. That's that's remarkable. That's that that says a lot about that. How smart that kid is. How how quickly he picked up the the defense. I mean, I can't say enough good good things about Chris Barnes. UCLA Pac-12 baby. So yeah. uh, Paul, I would say this. The interesting thing is is that the Packers have have shown over and over again that the inside linebacker is not a position where they want to throw a ton of investment and draft high and they paid Kirksey a little bit but not a ton of money. So it's good that they found a solution here and obviously Chris Barnes is is not going to break the bank either but if you know it's a position that they probably weren't going to focus on anyway it's almost like man i wish they had found like their corner of the future and they don't have to go out and spend like a huge draft capital or huge free agent money there but as far as inside linebacker though how are you feeling about that and and it you know what how does this help the cap situation probably minimally i mean the kirksey savings is great but they've they've got their guys they're going to be young anyway so this this was just a move that needed to be made i think for the packers to get better on defense yeah, I think the writing was on the wall. I mean, this entire offseason, even at the end of last season, Mark hit on it with Kirksey's playing time. So when he moved to the Will linebacker position, in less games, in, in several key stats, he actually made a bigger impact than he did in his first eight games. But also in those five games, he was playing, he never played more than 50% of the defensive snaps. So having a seven, I believe, $7.6 million cap hit to keep around a player who's going to play less than 50% of the snaps at a non premier position, the writing was just on the wall with that one. And we know that this isn't a position that the Packers have valued very highly. Uh, over the years, we'll see if that changes a little bit with the new Vic Fangio-style defense coming in. But I've written a couple of times already. You know that Goody and then the the coaching staff is perfectly comfortable going into next season with Barnes and Martin as linebackers one and two, if that's how it works out. And the cap hit between those two is less than $2 million. But if they do feel the need that they uh, should add to that position – I mean, they have, like I said, they have 10 draft picks. They can go into the draft, find someone uh, certainly with more upside than Kirksey and on a much more affordable deal if they still feel the need to address the position. So for that reason, Martin Barnes, uh, Kirksey's playing time being reduced, this was just a move that I think we all saw coming. Sure. You got to save that money too. So those two moves, and then I guess to to wrap it up, we're going to go a little shorter today because we got to get Mark back to his vacay. But one question I want to ask you guys before we, no, we can go, keep on. before we bounce, one question I wanted to ask you was: These are just the first two dominoes to fall. So I guess the question is: 
who's next? Preston Smith is a popular name, or do you got do you got someone else? I mean, who's who do you think is next? Uh, obviously, we don't know what they're going to do, but Mark, I'll start with you. What do you what do you think makes the most sense if if you have an opinion on that? Well, I'm 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 glad you asked that because I'm I'm a little curious as to why it was just those two. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of names have been thrown around by the media. Uh, and us, us as well. Like you know, Preston Smith, Dean Lowry, um, Devin Funches. Uh, you can go on and on, but some guys that they might get rid of. They chose those two, and nobody else. So maybe they're maybe they're trying to work. There, there are other ways of doing things. Like Preston Smith, for instance. Let's, let's use him since he's probably the guy. I mean, he's the guy everyone thinks is going to get cut. Right, eight million you save. Maybe they're trying to work something out with him where he takes a new, like I said, there's going to be guys out of, you know, veterans, unless you're, star players are going to be fine, you know, but Preston Smith, he's on that border where he might not be fine. If the Packers cut him, I don't know if anybody's going to give him a great deal coming off the year that he had. Coming off the year before, yes, they, well, the Packers would have cut him, but he was he earned all his money. Last year, you know, Four sacks, only 14 pressures. He's not going to command the big, especially with teams in cap trouble, he's not going to c- c- command the big deal. So maybe the Packers are talking to him about a reduced deal. That's why they didn't cut him. I wouldn't cut Lowry. I'm, I'm, on, I'm the president of the Keep Dean Lowry Club <laughs> because they don't have it. I mean, they're too thin. It's only $3 million that, that you save. It's not, if you're saving eight or nine, uh, okay. Of course, to yeah. Save $3 million, excuse me? No, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, it's three. Yeah, three is yeah. three is very three is very do- doable to keep for a guy that you don't have anybody else ready to take his place. And now, if you sign JJ Watt and you want to cut Dean Lowry, okay, I'll I'll go along with you. Um, if you find someone else, that, but no, I mean, as of today, Dean Lowry, the Packers need Dean Lowry on the on their defensive line because they have Kenny Clark, who I love, Kingsley Kiki, who showed me something until he was knocked out and. But again, he's a pass. You know, he's a good penetrator. He can. He, he shows me a lot of good things. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I want him out there, eighty percent of the plays or not. I think he's. You, you want to use use him the the right way, which is on passing downs. Tyler Lancaster is going to cost you two point two million as a re- restricted free agent. I think Dean Lowry is more than a million dollars better than Tyler Lancaster. So I, again, I'm not cutting Lowry. But they. So, but your original question: Who do I think is next? Devin Funches. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. It's only a million dollars that that you say one point two, but you know he would be my he he would be the one I've, I would get. I've said with Funchess in bringing him back, like you said, it's not a ton of money, but what he hasn't really played in two seasons. He yep. opted out last year, twenty nineteen. He was hurt week one with Indy and missed the rest of the season. And so, what's best case scenario for him? Probably battling for wide receiver four or five with right. EQ and a rookie. And at that point, you're going to choose. I know EQ's had a rough stretch. We don't know who the rookie is or if the or if there's going to be a rookie. But at that point, you choose youth and upside over you know over the veteran who, especially at this point, we don't know what the Packers have in them at this point. Um, and one thing I wanted to touch on with Preston Smith is I, I really don't think that the Packers are going to just leave his contract as as a 16 million for the production that he put up last year is just. You know, an edge rusher three. You you just can't do that, even in a year where the cap was going up. <laughs> but restructuring him is another uh, uh, topic that's come up. But the issue with that is he only has one extra year 
after this year. 2022 is the last year of his current deal. The benefit of restructuring like they did with Bakhtiari is you can take that cap hit and spread it out over the life of the contract. So he had four more years on top of this one. Oh, I'm not re- re- restructuring Preston Smith. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying that saying, you're saying that. I've just I'm seen saying that a lot. Of, right. I've just seen restructure a lot on Twitter, and so I just wanted to no, bring that up because yeah, that's, that's not – because yeah. his cap hit next year is $16.5 million. Now you restructure yeah. – yeah, you get no. some room this year. You get to keep them. But that 16.5 is even larger now. Right. And say he has another year similar to this past one. Now it's even more difficult to get out from it and you owe more money. Uh, that that whole – there's time for restructuring works. Bakhtiari is a prime example. You know he's going to be around. You have extra yeah, years. Rodgers is another one. But, Which they will do eventually. Absolutely. But with Preston Smith only having one year left on his deal, it just doesn't make much sense no, to the, me. The restructure is a nice – if you're going to use that term, it's just a nice way of saying pay cut. <laughs> right. We're going to just we're just going to tear up your current deal and give you another one that's worth. They did it with um, Lane, Lane Taylor. Remember last year, I yep, thought Lane did. Taylor was going to get cut mm-hmm. because he had a, a you know decent cap number. Instead, he agreed to take a pay cut to come back and and won the job. But I mean, Smith could get cut. I would not. But again, if they cut Preston Smith, all well and good. You save a ton of money, and that money could be. Sp- Used in a lot of good ways, or maybe right. But you better get a. You better hope either John Garvin can take that big step and be your third pass rusher, because you need three. You really do. I mean, you, you can't just count on Z and Gary. I mean, they're both very good, and that and they're your two guys. But you need a third guy just to give those guys a, a series off every now and mm-hmm. again. And God forbid one of them gets hurt, you know. And I, so you got to hope Garvin takes that next next step, and maybe he can. Or you got to go out and find somebody cheaper. And I do have a name in mind. Who's that? Kyler Fackrell. <laughs> Is he a free he agent this year? He only signed a one-year deal with the Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I would love to bring him back as, as that third guy. He was a good third guy. Mm-hmm. And even if he only gives you one game like he did in Seattle t- two years ago, <laughs> three years ago, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget no, that. A, I think he's a solid – he's not a starter. I don't think. I don't think he's good. If he if he's starting for you, you're probably not. You yeah. know, you could be. But as a third guy, mm-hmm. which which is what he was two years ago, his last year in Green Bay, right? Gary was the fourth guy. Gary wasn't ready to yeah. play at all. Yeah. That's why you can't count on a rookie. People want the Packers to to draft an edge guy. Well, that'd be great, but don't count on them. Edge edge rushers don't generally have good rookie years, unless I mean the, the superstars do. But at 29, you're not going to get that. Or even second round, you're certainly not. I mean, Gary was a 12th pick, and had and didn't do anything as a rookie. But then you saw progress last year. So if you're looking for next year, a rookie edge rusher isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. One I thing I want. One thing I wanted to add on Lowry. Um, I'm 100 percent on board with you, Mark. You could be vice president. <laughs> Mark, Mark helped. Mark's helped talk me into this one. But like you said, you look at the roster. As far as who's on the roster, it's Clark, Kiki. Lowry, and then I think on futures deals they're bringing back Anthony Rush and Willington Prevalin. So you get rid of Lowry. So we've already talked about cornerbacks a major need, uh, offensive tackles a need. Well, now you're getting rid of Lowry, and uh, interior D line's already a need, but now it's a major need because you just don't have the depth. So we always talk about you know how do you create cap space? How do you create cap space? Well, when you get rid of a player, you got to bring people back too to fill those positions, and that costs money, costs resources in the draft. And having another a third position 
with tackling cornerback where it's like, all right, we really have to address this. And running back could be up there as well. If yeah. both Jones and Williams go, all of a sudden you got three, four positions. We're like, okay, we really have to hit this, hit on these draft picks, spend draft capital on it, and you're just spreading yourself really thin. Another thing about Lowry, I mean, again, I don't, he's not a great player. I think he's solid. I really do. He's also durable. The guy missed one game his rookie year. Hasn't missed a game since. That's a good point. That's you know that's there's something to, to be said for that, especially when you when you look around at some of the other guys on his team that miss three four games a year every year. Lowry doesn't miss a game. And there's usually one or two games a season where Lowry turns up and shows up yep. big. So I, well, I've always said he's linked to Kenny Clark. When Clark's great, which is a lot, but like but you know Clark and, and listen, I love you know I'm, I love Kenny Clark. I think he's very underrated. But he's had some injury problems. He has that groin that always acts up on him. When Clark's injured, Lowry doesn't step up. I'm, I'm listen. I'm, I have to give him a little knock there. He doesn't step up when Clark. When Clark isn't himself, Lowry plays down. But when Clark is dominating, Lowry's good. Like when Clark's getting all the attention and they leave Lowry with a lesser player or saying, Lowry can Lowry takes advantage of that in a big way. So and I you know so as long as when, when Clark's the dominant force that he can be at times, Lowry's also is also a, a good player. So that's you know they they work well in, in in tandem. But you know, again, I just I'm not getting rid of Lowry just for just to save three million dollars. No, no, and you want you want that depth. I mean, you make a good case for for that, and it just kind of these all these moves all sound great on paper, and, and people get excited about it because they want the Packers to get under the cap. They don't have to get under the cap for another month. They've got another month to get under the cap. I mean, they could they could go out and sign. Everyone wants to hear. It. They can go out and sign JJ Watt and be forty million over the cap right now. They've got a whole month to figure it out. So there's... And, and and they have plans. I'm sure. I mean, they're not. Oh, of course, they're not waiting until that last day. They know they have plan A, plan B, plan C all all mapped out. I'm yeah, sure they've, they've they, got they, they've got what they want to do. Well, I don't know what it means, but a few minutes ago, Darnell Savage tweeted, "Everything happens for a reason." I don't know what that means, but he tweeted it out, and we all love to overreact to players. And maybe it's just me. So who knows? Probably doesn't even relate to football. But <laughs> yeah, the Packers are gonna the Packers are gonna have they're gonna have some some things. Did Maryland going. lose a basketball game today or something? Well, they might have. They might have. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what they should not have lost. And you guys probably don't like you know hot take bad opinion. But those crazy uniforms they had their football team had a couple years ago i was all in on those i love those <laughs> the terps were just i mean they just it with was the, with the state flag and all that it was like an acid trip watching that game because these guys are running so fast and all those colors moving around the way that they did but so we're gonna have we'll have more to talk about i mean i guess at this point I, I went from they went from almost 30 million over but now I'm, I'm rough figures. They're they're down to like only ten million. Yeah, that's almost negligible because what what they're what they're going to do, and you can already you know the the amateur can see on paper what they can easily do to get down to zero. Well, Rogers is going to free up some money when they re- restructure mm-hmm. his deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably going to re- do an extension for Devontae Adams, which will lower his number, mm-hmm. and that might get them there. Those two moves might get them to, down to zero. But now you got to get some more money to spend on. I was just they they have to keep just, some of their own guys, you know. I was just going to say that. I wrote an article for Cheesehead TV on Friday. So we see the figure, the 10, 11 million that they're at now. That's the starting point. 
if they're going to make any free agent additions, there's money for that. That doesn't factor in the draft class, the practice squad, uh, having money available for in-season spending. You know, right. so you can go and get guys like Snacks Harrison or Tavon Austin. Um, so the well, we could pass with Tavon Austin, right? But you get where I'm going. But that figure that we see, oh, they're 11.4 million over. That's a starting point. They got to shed that, but then there's also extra dollars that they have to right. shed too for just you know typical uh, expenses that come with you know being an NFL team. That's why Preston Smith at eight million, eight million, you can do a lot with. You can mm-hmm. that could cover your draft and your and your yep. practice squad and all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know. At this point, I don't want to get too arrogant, but it almost seems like I guess we should just plan on a news dump happening again on Friday this upcoming oh, yeah, weekend. Well, I, I put the word in with the front office. There you go. Oh, we appreciate don't that. Don't do that. You know, well, well, they like <laughs> us. They, they said, you know what? We want the best pack of day guys to handle all the. Oh, <laughs> there you go. They, they said it, not me. That, that's what they're saying. Sunday they through Sunday through right Friday, right. pack a day cruise. Turn up. Your challenge has been issued. So, well, all I'm right. Just quoting. I'm just quoting an unnamed Packer front office source. There we go. The famous, the famous unnamed source. So, so Mark, does your does your brief hiatus here affect what's going on at Packer Report this week? What do we have no, to look forward to? Not at all. I'm still doing the series. Where I'm scouting the. Packers um, tight ends are up now uh, next week we'll have uh, the offensive line which we just talked about in depth and the defensive line which we mentioned as well so next yeah uh, look for the offensive line story to go up on Monday and defensive line to go up on Thursday Mark talking about the trenches and Paul over at Dairyland and Cheesehead uh, like I just mentioned that Cheesehead have the uh, article on the additional money that needs to be uh, created for additional expenses and then at Dairyland Express, I've been doing a cut them, keep them in prediction series. The Packers beat me to Rick Wagner. I was not able to get that one out. But I have uh, Preston Smith, Devin Funches, and Dean Lowry done so far. I just give reasons why the Packers should or could keep them, why they'll move on from, from them, and then make a prediction at the end. Good stuff. Well, we've got another week ahead of us here, and uh, hopefully some more warmer weather is headed your way, Paul. And yeah, 40. Yeah, wow. 40. Getting, getting cocky now. Mark, you're, you're, every day is one more day closer to you being back on the beach, and I'm fine over here in Phoenix, so I, I can't All complain. Right. But everybody else, especially our friends out in Texas, uh, hope everyone's recovering well out there. Everybody stay warm. Have a good week, and go Pack Go.